This is Psychic Warfare. Welcome back, my friends, to Psychic Warfare, the podcast where spirituality and philosophy collide with heavy metal and rock and roll. I am your host, Chris Keelick, and thank you once again for joining me on another journey into the lives and minds of the most iconic musicians in heavy music. It has been a hot second, but I am happy to be back after taking some well-needed weeks off to regroup and refocus, and thank you all very much for waiting patiently and sticking with me. Your support is so important to me and what I do. I really, really appreciate it. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Uh, if you enjoy these conversations, uh, please follow me and the show at Pod on Twitter and at Psychic Warfare Pod podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So if you get a chance, follow the show there for updates and happenings on all things psychic warfare. This week, Chad Green, vocalist of Texas death metal five-piece Frozen Soul, joins the show. This band is literally on every short list of bands on the rise over the last few years, and they just released their second full-length album, Glacial Domination, just a few short weeks ago. The band caught the attention of Trivium frontman Matt Hafey, who went on not only to guest on the record, but produce it as well. The sheer force and talent of this band, after two solid records, backed by metal royalty, Frozen Soul is going to be out there in a much bigger way very, very soon. So please go out and listen to this record wherever you can find it. Chad, welcome to the Psychic Warfare podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Hey, good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. So I guess I, I always start out with these with by asking, so how are you feeling at this this moment in time, mentally, physically, and spiritually? Uh, I'm a little tired. You know, <laughs> we've been moving nonstop. You know? Yeah, we've been moving nonstop, you know, between finishing the new record and, uh, you know, just focused on the future and touring and stuff. It, it It's it's heavy, you know, in in musically, but also like on the mind and body, you know, so uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, though. I'm feeling like I'm I've got a pretty good refresher you know, after the last tour and we're about to head to Europe. So we've got about a, a little less than a month before we head out. So I'm just, you know, spending time with friends and family and, you know, working on myself and whatnot. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm just tired. <laughs> understandable, completely understandable. And I'm curious, you know, what was your spiritual upbringing like? And when I say this, I don't necessarily mean in a religious sense, although that's part of it, but you know, did you grow up in a household that held a certain faith? Was spirituality something personal that you developed and discovered over a time on your own? Basically, like what were you, what was, what was, the, what were the beliefs around you uh, that you kind of absorbed or, or created on your own when you were younger? Um, I mean, I, I grew up like with a mom that wasn't super religious or spiritual um, to say uh, most of the most of my family was pretty religious. Um, I was around and kind of raised on the weekends by my grandfather's sister, and uh, she was extremely religious. And we had to, you know, we were sort of forced to go to church and stuff. So we ended up hating it, you know, uh, because <laughs> never, it just, never a good sign when you're forced to do something, right? Yeah. It's like we didn't have a choice. We didn't have like, you know, it, it, we didn't get to figure things out, you know, and weren't shown things in a loving way. We were just kind of like, you're doing this no matter what. And uh, so we didn't have the best, uh, you know, the best time. So, I mean, as far as like anything else, um, I really just, I mean, grew up kind of, you know, trying to make it, you know, trying to be happy, you know, really, I wasn't really focused on the spiritual side of things growing up <clears throat> and really, you know, 
the church and the bad experiences I had just forced me further away from it, you know? Um, So I wasn't focused on anything, you know, in that sense, I was just focused on, you know, making it, I grew up pretty poor. So, you know, uh, I was more, how do I have fun? How do I have a better quality of life? You know, without thinking, how do I have a better quality of life? Just trying to have fun, trying to be a kid, trying to, you know, get into music, trying to, you know, just have fun. You know, that's really all focused on having fun on its own. And I've, ironically i mean you know this when you're young i feel like and then we lose it for a while and then i feel like it comes back but the older i've gotten the more i've realized like that is kind of the singular one of the singular things that can lead to a, a an incredibly fulfilling life if you don't lose that and you hang on to that and yeah. so it, it definitely seems like you weren't given the space to some extent to kind of figure <clears throat> things out but were there any parts of you even at a young age that you can remember things that you believed in just about how you should exist in the world beyond like having fun. You're like, okay, this is right. This is wrong. This is how I should treat people. This is how other people should treat me. This is how I need to conduct myself. You know, this is how I'm seeing other people conduct themselves that I don't want to be like, you know, did you recognize any of that at that age? Or again, were you pretty much just focused on kind of in the moment, how to have fun and that stuff kind of went over your head? Um, I think it did go over my head a little bit. It was one of those things where when you have friends that are in the same boat as you um, growing up, not having like a lot of money and stuff like that. And then you go to school and you see other kids getting like the new video games and all that stuff. Like, you know, we're, we were more just focused on having fun, you know, with each other and, you know, coming up with cool things to do and just stuff like that. So uh, all that, all that stuff kind of just went over my head. (laughs) No, I got you. And, and so Going off of that now at this point in your life, what do you find yourself believing in for your own kind of personal philosophy that kind of guides how you view the world and how you carry yourself in it? Like, what are the things that feel most true to you about how to behave or how how you think people should act towards each other, how we should exist in this world or like things that you believe about, you know, any metaphysical things or just just things that feel most true to you about what you believe in? at this point? Um, I mean, you know, some of that stuff that I learned like in church, like being like forced to go to church camp and all that stuff, like some of that stuff, like, you know, always resonated with me as far as like the golden rule, you know, you know, treating, treating people how you want to be treated and stuff. That's, that's honestly like, that's really how I live my life. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of thoughts other than like, the this the the deep fears you know that were instilled in me as a kid um of heaven and hell and stuff like that i don't have a lot of like beliefs in that stuff i mean you know using my brain i i believe that like i i truly do believe that there's something much beyond like where our physical state i believe i mean the life is just too insane there's too many intricate like things that that go into our happiness and our minds and our relationships and everything for for this to just be like we go to the dirt and that's it you know there's got to be something lights out done you know yeah yeah, i I don't i don't see that being like with all the crazy stuff that happens like i don't i don't think that you know that's that's it you know there's got to be something crazy or something something that happens i don't know what it is you know and i don't i don't choose to think like too hard about it because at the end of the day like i'm still rotting here you know and i i have (laughs) to hell now (laughs) i have to like live 
I have to live the best life I can now, you know, and that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about my friends and my family and myself and, you know, and living in the now and living the best that I can. And, you know, I just try to like stick true to like being a good person, you know, and, and, you know, I've got my problems, I've got my anxieties and stuff like that, but I try to just like treat people with respect and, you know, um, and hope that they return the favor to me, you know? So I just, that's, that's really mostly what I like believe, um, as far as life goes. And I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't go, go too far. I don't go too no, 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 far no. outside of that, you know, because I got to live now, you know, absolutely. You got the, you got this moment, you got the same thing everybody else has, which is this second. Right. And, uh, you know, you kind of, you know, you kind of just answered it, but I was going to ask like, well, so what does being a good person mean to you in terms of like, but you kind of said the golden rule, you know, respect, but what does that mean? Like, do you, can you identify that easily? Is that something that you're like, okay, this is, this person is not, do you think everybody is deserving of a, of a baseline level of, of respect? Uh, I mean, I think the answer should obviously be yes, but I mean, people probably prove you at a certain point that, okay, you don't, you haven't earned my respect at a certain point. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird fine line, you know, frozen souls music, you know, is, is very uh, at times very vengeful, you know, uh, very like very very anger death focused <laughs> you know it's death metal so you know it's 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 positive aggression you know it's a way to get it's a way to get your feelings out to get those positive those negative feelings out of you um, in a positive way you know and in a constructive way and you know I think that like you know it, it's it's weird I I really want to say that everyone deserves respect you know but i do honestly feel like at a certain point if you're not respecting anyone around you and you're not and you're not showing anyone else respect and you're not even showing yourself respect then the question is do you deserve respect you know um and i don't really know the answer to that you know it's all dependent on that person and what they did. And I don't know, you know, all I know is is it definitely sounds like in your point of view that you're like, if you get to that point, you're like, nah, like, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, if, if someone, you know, comes up to you and shoots your friend right in front of you for no reason, I mean, are you going to respect them? Are you going to be like, no, they deserve respect. Probably not, you know, because you're going to be filled with anger. You're going to be so mad. I mean, so I guess it just depends on the situation, but I, I I don't think that I think respect in, in general is just, you know, difference between respect and redemption at that point. Right. Yeah. If you don't have a reason to not respect someone, then you should respect them. You should respect someone's space. You should respect their, their time here, you know, their, their their character, their right to exist. You should expect, you should, you should, you should expect them to, to respect you, but um, you know, in the same way, but at the, at the same time, like, you know, you should just worry about yourself and you should just respect everyone around you. Um, And, you know, whatever someone else does is, is on them. But, you know, I think everybody should live by that. You know, you, you give what you want to get, Yeah. you know, you should, that's, that's just how, I don't know. That's the one thing growing up that I could take from like going to church and stuff when I was like super young, Jesus was kind of all about that. He was kind of all about that, uh, that golden rule. Yeah. And that's, and, and, you know, like, that's the one thing I can take from that. But in reality, like, do you really need the Bible to tell you that? 
No, you don't need not. that. Like you don't need that. When you see someone and you, you can smile, get that from any any faith, any belief, anything, system. any yeah. faith, any belief system, and honestly, just camaraderie in general. When you meet someone, the first thing you're 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 leery. You know, if if you're just like two people and you don't know anything about each other and you don't know why you're there and you're just staring at each other, you know, the first thing you're you're gonna do is you're gonna be you're gonna be scared. But at the same time, like you know, you're not just gonna run up and punch them. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, you're not going to do that. The first, the first instinct is to mind your space and respect. That's, that's, it's just human instinct, you know? Um, It's, it's, you know, you'd think that between you and I, because I'm the same way. My thing is like, if it doesn't hurt me or anybody else, then like do whatever the fuck you want. But like, you know, that gets into the, you know, semantics of like, well, what is hurting someone mean? Like that mm -hmm. could be anything, but I'm not talking, I'm not, I'm not talking about like any sort of cancel culture bullshit or anything. I just mean like in terms of like, the semantics of like morality on a philosophical sense. Mm-hmm. But what I, but what it seems so self-evident to you and I to be like, Oh, just be a good person. Just respect your space, respect someone else's space, get, yeah. you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. But we've gone through our life, you and I, and I would, I would think that you have, you've observed people when you're just like, how, how is this not self-evident for you? You've seen people, which you're like, how is this not computing for you to kind of just behave, like be a decent person to these other people. And, you know, I, you wonder, well, was it, you know, something that they were taught by their parents? Is it just hardwired into them? I mean, I'm not going off of a nature nurture argument, but I mean, do you ever have those thoughts? Do you ever think about those questions of like, why there are, there might be people out there that you observe that it just doesn't seem to, you're just on a completely different wavelength again, not even politically or anything like that, but just like ethically, morally, which feels so hard because you're like, how can we be on such a different wavelength on such like a basic what feels right kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes if there's like a crazy situation, you know, I'll, I'll be like, how, you know, how is that a thing? But, but at the same time, like, you know, everybody comes from different backgrounds and different life experiences and stuff like that. So like, I don't know what they went through, you know, what, what influenced them to be the way that they are, you know, millions, billions of things, you know, that could have caused someone to turn out the way they turned out or, or whatever, you know? So I I usually don't spend a lot of time thinking about stuff like that. I normally just like, you know, unless it's like something, I don't, I see something on the internet or something, you know, and it's just like this person drowned all their babies in the bathtub or whatever. I'm like, how, why, why would you do that? You know, um, that goes through my head, you know, uh, when something crazy happens, but on a daily basis, like, you know, I, I'm usually trying not, I, I I don't even, I would, I don't even try. I just don't usually think about that because, you know, I've, I have a lot of my little quirks and, you know, things like that, where I'm sure somebody wouldn't understand why. I don't like loud chewing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sure somebody's like, why do you the care worst about sin? Just kidding. <laughs> like, why do you care about that? Well, I'm super ADD and it bothers me a lot, you know, yeah. for a number of reasons, but you know, it's hard to explain, but there could have been things that happened when I was a kid that caused that, you know, um, and stuff. So, yeah, I, I just usually just try to mind mine and, you know, um, be as respectful as I can and not really worry about, you know, why somebody else's, thinking too differently than me or something like that you know do you believe that do you believe that evil exists like do you believe in that it's it's a it's a thing or is it just things are what they are and it you know depending on again how you were raised all those things like it'll either feel bad or feel good 
to based mm. on the individual like do you think that there's an a, a certain a, such a thing as absolute evil or even absolute absolute good in this world? i mean man it's crazy it's crazy to think about but you know i don't know man i don't know I don't know if it's just someone, if it's an absolute evil or if it's just somebody flipping that switch, you know, in their head to just not give a fuck, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't truly know. It's like that know? banality of evil where it's like you just don't even care. It's just like, you know, I think yeah. it was, that was Hannah Arndt who uh, you guys should look her up. She did a lot of stuff like around like Adolf Eichmann and like the the Nuremberg trials and the aftermath of the Holocaust. And she wrote that that coined that phrase the banality of evil which was just about like the evil which is so incalculable but to them it was just like you know bookkeeping yeah. normal everyday stuff which is just wild to think about you know yeah no i i i mean you know there's just so much crazy stuff that has happened and it's like you know yeah it, it, you know if you think hard about it you're like is this just like they are evil or is it they just don't see what they're doing as bad. It's yeah. just, this is a thing, you know, it's like serial killers and stuff like that. You know um, I mean, that stuff's huge nowadays, you know, there's a, there's a new serial killer show. I was going to say, if I want to be day. making money, I'd be doing one of those podcasts. <laughs> yeah. There's a million of them. Like when we're on tour, we're looking for podcasts. Like, you know, we were trying to listen to some and like, we're just like, it's like, what? I I'm t- I'm tired of it. You know, I'm like sick of it. I'm like sick of like a true say, at a certain point. It's probably not great for your mental health. Yeah, it's not. It's terrible. It's terrible. I can't remember which one we were listening to. Some someone we randomly found. It's called like Sword and Scale or something like that. It was like we just were searching and we found it and we just wanted to listen to something because we were, you know, tired of listening to music or whatever. And and it's just like so depressing. It's unreal. You know. Yeah. Um, so depressing and it's just like eh, i'm gonna put that stuff aside like i don't even touch that stuff anymore i don't watch that stuff i don't yeah. listen to it because i'm just like it's just eh, you know eh, yourself yeah i'd rather watch i'd rather listen to a podcast about magic the gathering hell yeah I, hell know. yeah i just finished uh, watching an episode of the command zone <laughs> oh sweet i just finished a commander deck nice <laughs> the other day nice. i actually fun uh, fact i actually <clears throat> don't i don't even play magic the gathering i just like i'm a big Yu-Gi-Oh player but yeah, I like, I, I, I like Yu-Gi-Oh too. Oh, sick, dude! If you have a master duel idea, hit me up. Play I that. love games. Like, I'm never gonna like, sh- like, uh, limit myself to to anything for sure. It's just mm. a matter of like the the time sink at this point. But I, you know, I mean, I wasn't planning on going this way, but I'm glad we're talking about it because I, I guess I can ask <laughs> about, you know, it, I've found this. You know, again, I I think we're we're kind of made to feel. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like as a society, we're made to feel like this is childish put this away. Like you reach a certain age, like get rid of this, focus on other things. Like this is not, you know, behavior or thing or activities you should be doing. You know, I'm at 30 years old. I'm 30. I just turned 30. Um, but to me, it's like games and just doing those things that I loved as a kid, again, as an adult is so spiritually clarifying for me. Like I feel just like totally locked into the moment I'm existing in when I'm doing those things. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Do you think that that's true? Do you think that like our, like our society is kind of like forced out that kind of like childish, not childish, but like that childlike wonder and that kind of really amazing thing they want to, you know, it's kind of being pushed out of like what it means to be an adult. And do you think that there is like a great deal of spiritual clarity that more people can kind of discover through doing stuff like that, like you and I do or playing games or, you know, any nerd around the world? (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's crazy. You know, this, this is something that I was thinking about the other day, you know, I have a ton of collectibles, you know, um, uh, I have, I've just rearranged like my room and everything. So it's a mess right now, but I have like two boxes of collectibles. I have to like put back up, um, when I like, uh, do stuff. And then I have like, you know, a ton of games that I play and I've always done that my whole life. Right. Um, like with music and, and all that stuff. And as you get older, um, like I said, I was thinking about this the other day, like, <clears throat> I don't know if it's society or if it's just money or if it's just like you say, being an adult or, you know, whatever. Um, but like, or, what's, or what people think being an adult yeah, should be exactly thinks being an adult should be. Yeah. And that like maybe influences me, but I'm just like, you know, I was thinking like, I have all this stuff, right. And I'm like running out of room in here to put it up. And I'm like a, a second, I, for a second, I stopped and I thought like, what's the point of like having all this stuff, you know, because like eventually I'm going to get old and I'm going to die. And then like, what's the point in like all this clutter, you know? And then I thought back to like, you know, like family members and stuff like that. And I, and, and coworkers and I, that I've talked to in the past when I'm like, Oh, I've got this new so game or whatever. And they're like, I don't do that anymore. Like, you know, um, joyless, it's just, it's too much. And, and then like, you know, Except like when I look at this stuff, like it makes me happy. You know, it reminds me of a time when like I didn't have to worry about bills and I didn't have to care about that stuff because in life I really shouldn't have to care about that. You know, um, I should just be able to work for my work for enjoyment, you know, and instead of hell yeah, money, brother, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and, and, and work so that I could live a better life and stuff like, and, and have a better quality of life, but like money and stuff like that, just kind of, it weighs on you and people's opinions weigh on you and, and stuff like that. And I think like that, that, that kid, like wonder and joy, it, it just, it never leads you. It's always inside of you. You, you love to find new things. You love to experience fun things that take you out of your comfort zone. And, and you and, feel bad for the people that you can see it's like been stripped out of to a large. Yeah. Degree. Yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, I don't know if I've taken off too far beyond. No, you're point, going but, exactly. But where I, you know, it's yeah. like, I don't know, man. I, I love all this stuff. I love games. I think it's, I think it's incredibly important, you know, and my grandmother, um, and my mom both played video games. Shout out to grandma. Yeah. And, you know, my grandma, you know, passed away in, I believe it was 2002. Oh, I'm, I'm very uh, sorry. And, you know, she was, she had all the, all the final fantasies, all the secret, secret of mana. Still apply. All, Shout out to grandma. Yeah. yeah all of that stuff, you know, like she was very into video games and, you know, up on that stuff. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's really, really important to like, to no matter what, you know, no matter how, what generation you're a part of to like, keep doing the things that you love and the things that you like, because it, it, it does something for just your, if you got a soul, it's going to do something for you. You get you one know? go around in this, in this yeah. life. Why, why take away any small thing that like adds to yeah. your joy and happiness? Yeah. You know, and, and I understand like compromising and sacrificing sometimes when the situation calls for it, but why strip away any semblance of joy in your life if you get one chance and we don't know what we don't know what comes after you know I mean, that's right. that's how i feel and i mean that's exactly what you're touching on so you're not going too far i think you're touching yeah. on exactly that point you know and and on a on another kind of 
happier note, I want to circle back to something you said earlier. You know, can you think of a moment? You said you, you know, you definitely believe at least in some semblance of there's something beyond us, you know, even if you don't want to label it or, you know, whatever, you feel that there is something that's beyond us as humanity. Have you, can you think of a moment that you witnessed or something you saw or experienced that you're like, personally, like in your life personally, you're like, yep, that's, uh, that's spooky. Or like, that's, that's indicative to me of like, that there's something, there's something out there. There's something out there that great, that's greater than me. As far as something spooky, no, you know, I, I don't think I've spooky ever in the sense, maybe just like, just like in a positive sense. Right. No, no, I, I, I feel you. Like, um, I mean, I'd say, I'd say a moment where I just, I guess I, I just really felt that like I was small, you know, um, both like in body and in mind was probably on this last tour, uh, when we were in Canada, because we, uh, we drove through, um, the Canadian Rockies and, uh, it was insane. Like it was, you know, an eight hour drive and it was almost all just like surrounded by mountains on both sides. And then we got into like a glacier national park and it was just unreal, unreal being so close to like such heights and, you know, and then getting into like Banff national park, it was just, it, it was crazy. And I guess being surrounded by that so much, and just thinking and looking at the mountains and thinking about how old they are and like, you know, and everything just, it just, I don't know. It just was, it made me feel small in the sense that like um, you get so trapped inside your own mind sometimes and in your own head that you kind of forget, you know, that there is just so much else out there, you know, and, and, and with it being so huge, you feel like the limits of what could exist is endless. Yeah. And then you think about the billions and billions of galaxies and how exactly. large our universe is. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. And my head's going to explode. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just, you know, that was a moment. That was a moment for me because, you know, um, that place is beautiful. Uh, it's, it's, it's more beautiful than anything I've ever seen in the States. And maybe it's just because I had so much more time to look at it, you know, and in the States, I'm just driving through, we're done, you know, but there we were, we were like stuck there, you know, and I really got to like sink it in, you know, um, and then we went to like this, like hot springs, this natural hot springs. And it was like, I felt crazy in it. Like within 10 minutes, I was exhausted. I I don't know what it was, man, but like. I love hot tubs. I'll stay in a hot tub for an hour, but we were in that hot springs for 10 minutes. And I was like, feeling like loopy. Like I got to get out of here. Like this feels crazy. And you know, it's like full of minerals and just all sorts of stuff, you know? And, uh, it like exhausted my body. I had to like get, we all had to get out all of us, not just me. We all had to get out of there. And like, we lasted like 15 minutes. You didn't find the rejuvenating hot spring. You found the, the energy, (laughs) the, the, well, it uh, felt great and it relaxed us. It did a whole bunch. Like it felt really, really good. And my, my skin was like, (laughs) felt insanely smooth afterwards. Like it was awesome. Um, but like, yeah, it was like, it you can only like bathe it just... in the pool of knowledge for a certain <laughs> yeah. amount of time before you lose your mind. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it felt like it sucked all of the hydration out of my body, like within 10 minutes. So Damn. yeah, you know, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy to think, but you need things like that 
even the hot springs. You need stuff like that to put put life in perspective for you. Do you, you know. Do you ever feel like a sense of inseparability from like the from the the nature around you or the things the landscape you saw around you? Did you feel like like I'm not apart from this? Like I am this. Like what affects this affects me. Like do you ever do you get that? Did you ever feel that at all? Like when you were up there or at any point traveling around? Um, I I wouldn't say that like. I felt that way about like nature, but I mean, I feel that way quite a bit about touring Um, just being on the road and, you know, and not being at home, um, you know, especially on like the seven week tours, the ones that are like super long, you get to like week two, you get like past week, you get to the beginning of week two and you're like, Oh God, I feel like I've been on tour for like two months. And then you get to week, you get to week three and then you're like, all right, I'm catching my groove. Then you get to week four and then, you know, you still have like three or four weeks left. And so you're just like, this is my life now, you know? And then before you know it, it's just like, you're just a part of it. You're a part of everything around you. You're a part of the venue. You're a part of like, you know, the show, um, in all aspects. And it's like, you know, you just, you feel like that is you as a whole. And then like when you get separated from it, it it's I've never been to war, but it almost feels like you've come home from what I would imagine war is based off of the movies I've seen, you know, um, where it's like trying to get readjusted. The thousand yard stare. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I don't I don't even know what to do with myself when I get home half the time, you know. So so I mean, if that's kind of like what you mean by like feeling like um like you're you're you know, like brooks sort of, after you got out of shawshank <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so i mean but as far as like nature goes like i don't i don't think i'm i'm not lucky enough to have felt that you know i wish that uh i you're had still the young, opp- bud. i wish i had the opportunity in from from now till you know i was young to get that you know but uh i just haven't yet so. you got you got time bud you got time you got a lot of <laughs> life left to live you know, I was reading in one of the interviews that you did previously um, about, you know, your brother passing away, which I'm very, very sorry for your loss. Um, and I can't I have to imagine that, like, around that time, thoughts about mortality and the fragility of life and, you know, temporality and those things were all kind of like in your mind, flooding your mind at some point. And I wanted to ask if you could talk about, like, you know, what kind of questions were you asking and like what made it on the record from those thoughts that feels most impactful when you go back and kind of think about it or go back and listen to it? Well, I mean, honestly, I I haven't really done too much thinking about like the great beyond since Corey passed away or anything like that. You know, Um, I've had just a lot of moments of just sadness and a lot of moments of, you know, not thinking about where he, where he is now, um, but just thinking about where he was, you know, um, where we all were, you know, since we were little kids. So, I mean, you know, a lot of that, um, a lot of that is what made it on the record. Like a lot of, you know, thinking about our childhood and remembering the things that we loved and stuff like that. And, and whatnot. I didn't, I, I haven't gotten, I mean, I guess, you know, I still, I still try to talk to him every now and then, you know, um, you know, I was in his room the other day, um, you know, 
cleaning some stuff up and you know i just sat there just like god damn it Corey!" you know uh it's all i could do you know um but a lot of a lot of that that joy and a lot of that pain and anger and stuff it went into almost every song on the record um not just arsenal of war you know there's stuff in death and glory there's you know stuff all over the place on that record you know and luckily i had my other brother josh he was he was helping me a lot we were we were we were writing concepts and lyrics and stuff for all the songs together so is there a song or a line that was particularly difficult for you to kind of like even like express or even just like put down put down on paper or just hard for you to kind of like you know, when you're cutting the vocals hard to kind of like get that out. Is there one thing that kind of stands out? Um, I mean, honestly, basically all of Arsenal of War. Yeah. I mean, that song is like literally all to a T. Um, like every lyric in the song is about him and his life and his love for, you know, games and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot, man. Yeah. Um, and again, know. I don't want to push, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with. And, and, and for any of these questions, I'm not, I'm not going to like push too hard or anything. <laughs> I respect yeah. I mean, what you're going through. Yeah. I mean, the end of the, the end of the song is like, sort of like my, it's sort of my, like my, you know, goodbye to him. So that was like pretty hard. Um, but it's, it's all difficult, man. It's all yeah. difficult. It's all hard, you know? What do you see him? What do you see him living on in, though? Like, what do you see? Like, when what? What are the things that most embody him that you see him him living on in your life? In, um, I'm, I mean, just in in everything that I do, um, you know, like the music, the everything. I mean, you know, I have a lot of regrets, so um, he's in my mind a lot when I do just about anything. You know, towards the end of his life, you know, he was he was doing really. He was doing he was doing better for himself, but there's just a lot of bad stuff that happened, you know, and a lot of stuff that like, you know, took us away from each other a little bit, mm. you know, a lot of it at times. And so, like, you know, I have a lot of regrets of not like, you know, spending more time with him, you know, when I was like so angry, you know, and whatnot. And uh, so I carry that with me a lot. Um, and you know, I try to remember like the joy and like the love that he had. And so anytime like we play these songs or we're playing music in general, like he's in my head. So he's going to live on and like in these songs and stuff that we wrote, you know, regardless of what happens to us in the future or whatever, you know, that's in stone and, and he'll pretty much just forever live on in me. You know, he makes me want to play games more. He makes me want to continue to love the things that we loved as kids, you know, uh, to enjoy it for him, you know? Absolutely. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. And thank you for being so candid. I really appreciate that. And, you know, I don't mean to shift gears abruptly. It's not super abruptly, but, you know, I wanted to ask, you know, as a death metal musician, people don't think of the subgenre this way, but are there any death metal records that's that have spoken to you in a spiritual way uh or or any like overlooked kind of philosophical death metal records or things that records that ask questions that you're like you know what that's really interesting like i never thought about something that way and that kind of made you you know think of a new perspective or open a question in your mind 
is anything like that 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 springs to mind from your musical listenings i mean i would say from death metal no um you know definitely from hardcore for sure um like growing up uh being into like hardcore um i was focused a lot more on the lyrics yeah uh in death metal like i was focused much more on riffs yeah like so like the heaviness and the emotion that it evoked out of me because there's just so many of like my favorite death metal bands that like sing about stuff um like you know super like either like anti-religious stuff or like you know super like you know um yeah like cannibal corpse just like cannibal corpse stuff which is cool you know it's funny it's awesome yeah but like you know but you know what um, you're gonna get yeah i haven't i i don't i didn't when i when i grew into death metal i i, I wasn't growing into it to read the lyrics you know <laughs> i was growing into it to hear the heavy riffs yeah you know and stuff and like the brutality um and like hardcore you know so uh, we could talk about hardcore give me some records i mean you know just like stuff like you know uh chromag's best wishes and um you know integrities to die for and uh you know even like um sort of like one of the records that like really helped me like feel the emotion of music uh was um a band from san antonio texas called bitter end um they were like one of the first bands that really got me to like deep dive into stuff um so he uh you know daniel the singer it just was awesome you know um just just really 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 like you know it's it's political stuff it's sort of like you know um the the fighting back not being like not letting them control you um you know that kind of stuff like you know the stuff that you know, I could relate to as a teenager, you know, feeling like I was being forced to do this and forced to do that and never being able to have a voice of my own um, and stuff like that. It, it really gave me that like connection um, that I needed to feel like I was like a part of something, you know, and uh, and like death metal when I was like uh, when I started listening to death metal around like 10th or 11th grade my first introduction was vital remains <laughs> and decapitated. So, you know, like the duality of man. Exactly. So, you know, I was, it wasn't really, my introduction wasn't really like these guys want to fight the system. <laughs> and like, you know, it's like, you know, I just like see like um, an album cover with like a fucking Warhammer crushing Jesus chest. <laughs> and i'm like, like this, this is, is hard <laughs> this is sick but like you know um there was also a band from uh from houston called die young um and uh and me and my my friend joe we we like really liked we really liked them because they had like a it was they were like a metallic hardcore band so like you know they had like metal riffs and stuff but it was very like politically charged yeah uh, you know um <clears throat> daniel also the singer of that a different guy named daniel is the singer of that band and he uh you know we kind of like looked up to him we weren't like vegan at the time or anything but like uh you know he was like very strong uh felt very strongly you know um against like the abuse of animals and like you know also like you know corporate like just hated corporations like walmart and stuff like that and you know and was also screwed on right you know and plus like i was like pretty uh you know i was pretty like against um i was i, I was fairly like against religion 
back then uh, just because of like my upbringing um, and I, it hadn't kind of been put into perspective for me yet. I was just pissed off yeah. and he talked a lot about that and stuff. And, you know, so a lot of that resonated with me. So uh, really like in general, like, um, you know, hardcore did that for me, you know, in a sense, hard, Texas hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Texas Hell hardcore. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a world of its own and Hell there's yeah. been so many awesome. I bands, mean, you're, so. you're teaching me. So, I mean, these are bands <clears throat> that are, I'm not familiar with, but they make me want yeah. to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Check out the album, um, climate of fear by bitter oh. end. And then, uh, and graven images by die young. die young. Those are the two records. Like when I was like, really, they really helped me like make the choice that like, I wanted to play music. Nice. Like those, the, I mean, other than all, I mean, I listened to a ton of stuff, you know, and I had yeah. listened to a ton of metal before that, but, um, but those, oh. those two records were charged, you know, they like charged me up to make me want to like do this stuff, you know, awesome. and then, and then finding bands like bolt thrower who have like, you know, punk and, and like hardcore ethic in their music yeah. and in like, you know, it like made it like all made sense and stuff for me. So hell yeah. I love hearing stuff like that. I really love hearing like those, those tales of the records that, you know, pushed you into what you're doing. And Chad, that brings us to our final two segments of the show. So first up is tomes of wisdom where each guest recommends us three pieces of media that have inspired them philosophically or spiritually in the last year. And this can be books, films, games, comics for you. Probably I would think you love games so much. I feel like we're going to be talking more about that, but anything that has made you think about your own life or life in the world in a different way, or in this case, maybe something that you've just completely lost yourself in, like lost yourself to the moment while playing X, Y, or Z or reading X, Y, Z, watching X, Y, Z, whatever it may be. So Chad, what are three pieces of media that you've consumed that you would recommend for us to digest aside from um, the ones you just gave me? Yeah. Um, well, um, I'd say, Hmm. Well, so, so one, one record actually that I've been listening to, um, a lot, which has me, you know, I haven't even read any of the lyrics to this, but, um, you know, and before I say this, I'll, I'll kind of give you an idea of like how I listen to music. So when I listen to music, like I've always grown up since before I had the ability to like read the lyrics, hearing things on the radio, I would hear things and then just develop my own meaning. Hmm. Um, that's kind of how like, um, and then in frozen souls lyrics, a lot of it's like very general so that the person listening can do that yeah. because that's how I grew up. Um, so like, uh, there's, um, this band called unto others. I interviewed, uh, Ga- I interviewed Gabe from unto others sweet. On previous uh, episode. Check like, that out. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of them. Uh, Me too. And so, so is, so is Chris, um, uh, in the band and, um, awesome guys. Um, I haven't read their lyrics, but, um, that newer deep cuts record that they put out, Yep, the B sides, uh, like all of the songs on that record are like incredible. Um, I'm like, these are B sides. uh, Yeah, exactly. I was like, man, these, you should have just made a giant record, but I think it's some of the, some of the coolest stuff. Um, it reminds me of a lot of different things from misfits to AFI to all sorts of stuff. Like you can find a ton of, yeah, yeah, a ton of stuff in there. And, you know, uh, I've really found myself like, uh, listening to that and it just kind of sending my mind all sorts of places, you know, thinking about just like how I do things. And it's a, it's a good record for just like self-reflection and like driving music to just think 
Um, so that's definitely one. Um, um, other than that, like um, for sure, like I've been playing a lot of Magic the Gathering, like an abnormal amount when I'm home. And we've, me and Michael have even been playing on the road some. And um, that's a game that like, it, it really, it makes you think, um, but it also like scratches that, that, that need to build that need to like move and make something um, on just like a, a more complex scale, but also just like a super simple scale. Like you don't have to do much to get into it, to feel like you've accomplished something. Right. And that's the difference between um, the two games is you're working with a resource system. Right. Imagine. Right. So like you're, you, you have, you have the, you have that system so you can build while you play it, but also it's, it's something that you can easily get into like constructing, you know, and like that I think is built into all of us to want to do something um, that fits your personality, right. To make something out of yourself and to make something with the things in front of you, you know, and, and, I, and, and that's, that's something that's done something really positive for like my mindset and everything um, when I've, and feeling bad or or whatever and on top of that like you know you could sell your cards for money it's a <laughs> so... in, in, a, in a sense it's a different form of creation in a right. way like not you're right. not it's not like music or art in that way but in a sense like you are kind of creating something that you know unless you're copying a deck list which is still fine but i mean it, you're creating something that is speaks to you which right. feels like the act of creation like as if you were creating like music or something right um, and the last one I'd say is, um, you know, uh, when we were writing the record, um, we decided to, uh, make two of the songs about John Carpenter's The Thing. See the and, poster uh, on the wall there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's actually, uh, it's actually a figure. Oh shit. Bamboozled. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. That's sick. But though. yeah. Um, but um so we were making the um we were making these songs about it and me and my brother were going through and reading everything we've seen the movie a million times right um but for this record we decided to really deep dive into it into like the concepts of like paranoia and like all the stuff that like that movie can speak to, you know, um, anxiety and all this stuff and, um, found the comic books. Oh, nice. That, uh, that, that, um, that come after the movie and whatnot. And, uh, my brother bought all of them for me. Uh, Hell yeah. and, uh, and so, uh, those are like the last comics that I read and, uh, those are really, really awesome because like it, it kind of like, um, I don't know. The the series is called Climate of Fear, <laughs> actually, which is funny because oh, hey. it's the same as the yeah. record from Bitter End, but they are not connected. I don't believe, but like, uh, it's it's really, 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 really cool stuff in it. It really shows like, um, you know, the second guessing your friends and you know trying to you know figure out what's real and what's not and and you know really, uh, I don't know. It really spoke to me. So nice. that's something else that I really liked. That's cool as hell. Yeah. I love all those. And also, and shout out to Gabe and unto others. Thanks for coming on the show, Gabe. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Y'all haven't listened to that episode. Go listen to that episode. Yeah, I'll for sure uh, check it out. And finally, this is the segment that I like to call the chaser. So in the chaser, we <laughs> ask the same 10 rapid fire questions for each guest. And we ask that they keep their answer to 30 seconds or less, although I'm not a stickler about that. Are you <laughs> ready, Chad? 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you believe in fate or free will and why? Um, free will because um, I'm too scared of the word fate. What's a stronger force in the world, love or hate and why? Um, I think, I think love, um, because like, I think, uh, in some way, shape or form, it's usually the same thing. It's, it's usually the first thing that, um, that I think about whenever I like open my eyes every day, it's what am I going to do today that I love, you know, without thinking it, it's just built into me. So who are the three most important spiritual and moral guides in your life and why? Hmm. I'd say my grandfather, uh, because he he's been through hell and back, and um, and has and knows true sacrifice. Um, my girlfriend Natasia, uh, because she's really really helped me understand, um, you know, compassion when my when my ADD brain goes crazy, um, and then. My brother Josh, uh, because I think having to go through as much as he's gone through and and deal with all the things that he has had to deal with, he still he, he still finds the way to love. And when it's so easy to just hate everything. Yeah. You know, so strength. those are my three. True strength. Yeah. Yep. What was the most spiritual place for you where you grew up and why? And when um, I say spiritual, it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean in a religious sense, but something that just mm -hmm. place that had a sense of power to it that you didn't know how to define maybe at the time. Um, <laughs> honestly, um, I'd say it's, uh, it's my, it was, it was my room on Friday nights. Uh, when, when me and, and all my childhood friends and my brothers and stuff would just like play halo and stuff. You know, that, that was age. that was literally it we would just order pizza you know we'd get pizzas and just like game the night away if you that could just was it i feel that same way it's like if i could bottle those nights up and just like yeah. store them yeah i'd be addicted to it <laughs> some of the moments that you've been in my that myself as well have been happiest in my life have been moments like that so i yeah very powerful answer for sure. I feel like I chase that forever. Like I'm chasing Dude, that feeling you're forever. You're speaking man. to me. You're, you're, you're <laughs> preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the choir. Uh, what is the most delicious meal you've had in the last month and where was it? Most delicious meal. The most delicious meal I had was at Disneyland. And it was at this Cajun restaurant in Disneyland that we just happened to be able to get into because everything's always sold out there. Right. Um, and I had, I had wine, uh, marinated short rib, Ooh. these crazy garlic fry like things. And then these mashed potatoes. And it was all on a bed of, um, mushrooms and gravy it was insane wow. <laughs> it was insane water yeah me too <laughs> when was the last time you felt lost uh i mean when my brother died when i got the call i it was the most terrifying i haven't been that lost since i got the call that my mom passed away um and uh it was almost at the same time in the morning uh, when, when I got the call, which is eerie because Corey is the one who, who discovered my mom passed away. Uh, and then I got the call at like eight o'clock in the morning and then I was 
in Hawaii on vacation uh, with my girlfriend and I got the call at 8 a.m. my time there. Um, and it was just gut-wrenching. And I, it's crazy when my mom passed away, I was nine, I was like 19 or so. So like, um, I was still like, I felt like a kid, you know, but when this happened, so much has changed in my mind. So much has like, I've, I have so much more life experience and I felt so much loss since then. And, you know, I've dealt with so much that like, I felt like everything was just crumbling around me and I could not, I didn't know where I was, you know, mentally like, and I have, I've never felt that loss before in my life. So do you think the universe bends towards order or towards chaos and why? I think more towards chaos and then, uh, you know, it's up to us to like fix it. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, because like even down to the smallest little thing, like if you look at the world of insects, it's just chaos. Yeah. Like you're just <laughs> killing each other. Like it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like the universe is things exploding and things being destroyed and then things being built. And, you know, um, I think, I think it's definitely and chaos. Yang, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's definitely chaos. What is the most important piece of your childhood that you've held on to and why? And this doesn't have to be like a physical thing. It can be like an emotional tenet of some sort. Mm, I think just um, just my love for fun. Hell you know, yeah. Not losing hope, not losing sight of sight and hope, I guess, <laughs> you know, for fun and, and trying to trying to keep keep things in general fun and not not too serious to the point where it's not fun you never know? lose that bud never lose it yeah so what is and what is one axiom or quote that centers you and calms you in dark times oh man i don't know if i really have one that i could think of off the top of my head quote i don't really a quote you love that you're like that resonates with you <laughs> I mean, you know, this is going to probably sound dumb. I'm sure someone's got like a crazy, awesome philosophical answer, but just Dude, like, you, you'd be, you, you know, know, it's, I've had all over the, all over the board. So you, you do what you, you do, you bud. I mean, it just, it is what it is. I, I think some, I think I, you, I have to go back and listen. I think that's been used at least by one other person. I mean, my girlfriend hates when I say that. I was going to say, like, I had another person who also said, I hate that phrase, but it's true. I had a, we've talked, that phrase has come up more times than you would think. Well, like, you know, that and like, you know, shit happens, you know, like those, those Basically, two things. <laughs> yeah. Just because, I mean, at, at, at a certain point, like, you know, um, I don't know, man, you can just freak out over things. And I use that sometimes to just be like, shit happens or just like, it is what it is. We got to move forward. We got to, we got to fix it. We got to do this. We got to do that. It's a way for me to just like get myself together. You know, otherwise I'm just like, why? Well, you know, asking all these questions to myself, trying to figure it out. And before I know it, I'm like, you know, about to have a panic attack or something. And it's like, just like, it just is what it is. We got to deal with it right now. Yeah you know, that's the, that's the, the pragmatic approach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, to everyone who has ever been touched <clears throat> by your words and music or your performances, what do you say to them? You know, thank you. Thanks for just listening. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. 
I don't have any idea what I'm doing. I don't have, um, I don't have a plan, you know, necessarily. Like I just, I don't know what I'm doing. So it's awesome that someone's listening in general, you know? So thank you. Chad, you have just engaged in psychic warfare. Thank you so much for joining me today. It truly means the world. Dude, I appreciate you. This was really fun. This is one of the coolest podcasts I've ever been a part of. I really enjoyed the questions and stuff. So thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to Psychic Warfare. If you like content like this for the rock and metal scene, it would mean a lot to me if you could hit subscribe or follow on your podcast platform of choice. Also, you can follow me at Risk with a K on Twitter, and you can follow the show at Pod on Twitter and Psychic Warfare Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you guys again for all the support, and I will see you in the next episode for another round of Psychic Warfare.